Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Hello, hello, and welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. On this week's episode, I get to chat with Jessica Landon. You may recognize her for hilarious, super funny YouTube videos and Instagram videos. However, her story is not so funny. She gets open and raw, extremely vulnerable in this episode, and her story is much appreciated. Quite the shocker. So let's get down to business and hear what Jessica has to say. So awesome to talk to you. You too. Happy to be on. What's going on? How's LA? Great. (laughs) LA's fab. As yes, yes. No, the weather's you know hot. I'm actually looking forward to fall and oh my gosh, totally. I I hate I hate the heat. (laughs) So tell me about yourself. Are you from LA or where are you from? I'm from Rancho Cucamonga, an hour east of here. So basically, (laughs) I mean, I grew up coming to LA all the time with my family and stuff for dinner. I mean, yeah. And I moved out here when I was 19. So I've been here for almost 17 years. Oh my gosh, 17 years. It's fun to do the math, huh? (laughs) That just, (laughs) it's -hmm. it's like frightening. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's pretty like, rare oh that you're from LA and you yeah. like, stayed in LA. Like most people are are transplants or you know from Ohio or something or coming and yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. I stayed because my family's mm. here and I'm very family oriented. So when my parents lived in Napa uh, for two years, I went and um, actually when I was recovering from my stroke, I had a hemorrhagic stroke. Ooh. I went and healed and stayed with them for a year. So I was out of LA for for a year. Okay. In 2013, I was out of LA. So that was kind of nice because then I came back with like a new, fresh perspective. Yes. Like I was grateful for the things that I took for granted when I was here for so many years. I, I didn't realize like, wow, we have access to every and any type of food. Yes. Like there's anything and any t- you can all find your tribe of people. Like it's so big and spread yes. out and so many different. It's very culturally diverse and so there's a lot going on here. There's a lot I'm grateful for now about LA. Definitely. So let's get into your story. Um, yeah. What's going on with you? I, I was I was reading your blog. There's a lot of, wow, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. Lots of heartbreaking stories. Hey. Can you tell us about your, your yes. recovery story? <laughs> yeah, my stories. Um, it's brutal and gruesome and tragic but there's so much light too you Mm -hmm. know i mean i guess that's what that's the opposite of dark is light and so uh you know i 
I'm sober. Let's see. My sobriety day is January 3rd, 2014. Okay. So I'm coming up on five years. Awesome. And, you know, it took a lot. I'm one of those people that uh, obviously I have a high tolerance to pain because it just kept getting really bad. For about six years, I was in and out of rehab. I went to nine rehabs. I was in and out of psych Nine wards, rehabs? Jail. Nine rehabs. Whoa. Two of them I left like midway. Yeah. yeah. My, I mean, my poor parents just kept trying and trying. Right. Um, you know, I was on and off the streets because I was get, I would get kicked out of sober living or wherever I, or from my parents or wherever. Mm -hmm. So I was on the streets for, for a lot of the time and I was only alcohol. Yeah. Um, so it took, so for six years I was in and out of rehab jails and institutions and, then I had, I hit a, in 2012, I had a felony DUI, I hit a family of <gasps> seven. Um, and then in Ooh. 2013, I had a hemorrhagic stroke from falling over a railing drunk. Um, so I had a brain hemorrhage from the impact and I was paralyzed on my left side. And uh, after they kind of detoxed me from the alcohol, I was having grandma seizures. So the bleed wouldn't stop, basically. And I had to have brain surgery, emergency brain surgery. Holy shit. And uh, yeah, so that was up in Napa. Yeah. And then uh, I, I healed miraculously. I was in the acute rehab facility for only like three weeks. Um, I bounced back and then I did it. I came back to L.A. and did it all over and it got way worse. And I ended up just laying on a filthy rug of this street musician's apartment for a month, just drinking myself to death, laying in my own urine and defecation. And, uh, the acid from my urine burned holes, like, like bed sores in my bony parts of my hips. Cause I had atrophied down cause I wasn't getting up at all for, I was completely immobile for over a month. Holy and shit. So I got a blood, so I got a blood staph infection and that started to shut down my organs. And so I entered, so basically my bottom was January 3rd or January 2nd, uh -huh. actually my birthday is January 3rd, um, 2014. I entered Brotman ICU with a BAC of 0.503. Whoa. Uh, I was 78 pounds. Um, all my organs were failing, including my heart and brain. So I had a specialist basically for every organ fighting to keep me alive. And I, had to go on a ton of antibiotics. They thought I had MRSA because it was it was so rapidly shutting down all my organs, but it was a blood staph infection. I was in ICU for a couple weeks and uh, stayed in the hospital for a month because I had to really build myself. But I couldn't get off. I remember trying to get out off the side of the hospital yeah. bed, and I, my thighs were just so atrophied that I was just too weak, and I had to have two blood transfusions because I had been hemorrhaging internally the whole time I was drinking and it was just really, really, uh, low. And, th and that's pretty much when the shift happened and the switch went off finally. Oh my God. And I, I remember, I remember the doctors and, and my parents, you know, once I came to like a, a weekend saying, you know, is this your bottom? Are you done? Right, right, right. And I just remember thinking, I mean, do you think I would be, if, if I wanted to be sober, I wouldn't be in this, this low of a position. Right. I mean, this is, I don't, if I could drink all day, every day without having organ failure and be able to function, I would. Right. Clearly I can't. And I, I wanted to choose life. I wanted to live just a little bit more than I wanted to drink. Thank God that desperation kicked in. And I realized like, 
I have to choose life or alcohol. And although alcohol had been my coping, my survival mechanism for so many years, right. and it was so hard to rewire my brain. It was so hard. And, but, but finally the pain associated with alcohol finally eclipsed the memory of pleasure, but that took so much right. physical destruction to get to that point. You know, some people get like a few DUIs or they go to jail yeah, and it's just, that was enough pain or they, or they even just have an emotional bond yeah. and that that's enough to give them a shift in perspective and, and give them that like that that switch goes off and they go right. okay I, I need i want a better way whereas like it just took like near death experiences over and over for me to whoa decide you know i mean i am shocked i'm i can't even imagine i mean seeing your pictures and your videos and how you are today it's more than night and day <laughs> it, it it's completely mind blowing that you know you would you would get to that point it just yeah it doesn't even seem like it's in your it, in your personality exactly i know when people know me sober they're like right. i cannot picture it i can't and thank god you know my parents have pictures mm -hmm. uh thank god for me because then it reminds me but also um it, it is unbelievable it's really unbelievable that the 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 rapid transformation just in the physical a aspect of it yeah. is like I mean, you don't recognize me when I'm on the streets. And, and yeah, it, it's weird because I am such a like responsible, bubbly kind of person. Right. People are like, what? It doesn't make sense. And my drinking was always very punitive. Like people would always ask me like, you know, I remember my parents saying in the hospital, like, did you kill someone? Like, what are you drinking? Why are you punishing yourself? Yeah. And it was that kind of drinking. It was like the kind of binge. My BAC would always get so high that they were like, she's on a mission to kill herself. Right. Like, what's going on? And it was like, I always just felt and described it like there was this screaming demon, this visceral screaming demon in the center of my chest that I just wanted to drink and kill and quiet. Wow. That, I mean, I, I'm like shocked. I'm shocked. It's just, it. Yeah, like you said, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, your headspace, what were you even feeling at that point? Were you feeling or was that the point? Um, well, the point was, yeah, to not feel, to just numb out. the Because as soon as, I mean, I'm sure as you know, when reality starts to creep mm -hmm. in, your heart starts racing, the mind starts going, that's unbearable to an alcoholic. Right. I'm, like, at least it was unbearable to me and I had to keep going. That's why it, it was, it so quickly became a 24 hour a day vodka drinker because coming off and reality se seeping yeah. in and the panic and anxiety being so high because of the rebound effect from alcohol, it was unbearable. And I felt like I'm going to have a heart attack if I don't get this alcohol. And I think that's the ironic, you know, that's the irony of addiction is we're actually in survival mode. Yeah. I, my midbrain is telling me, I'm going to die if I don't get to that next drink. I have to. I will go to any length. I will beat someone up. I will go to jail for stealing vodka in the grocery store. I will do what turn tricks for vodka. I mean, who does that? Right. It's ubiquitous. But I would do whatever on the streets to get to the next drink because my midbrain was saying, you know, you're you're going to die if you don't drink. Right. It's just such a such a bizarre, ironic disease, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's of our neurochemistry. 
which makes it even more fascinating and, and complex and, and so mind-boggling to other people that are related to the alcoholic because right. they're like, how could you, you're, you know, you're, you know right. that, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're, you're dumb or you're ignorant. Like, you know, what, like, what's going to happen. You're like, you seem very well aware. Right. So when did, like, when did this all start? Like, I assume you didn't just come out of the womb raring to go and grabbing the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Can you hilarious. pinpoint when, when you kind well, of shifted? This, well, I, I have some sexual abuse very young okay. that I think planted a very poisonous seed in my brain. And then right. kind of from that point on i was searching for something to medicate that that anxiety that 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 feeling in my chest that i that the world was not a safe place to be in mm. so i was searching for something and i found food first okay around like thir 13 14 15 started binging and purging um actually i found alcohol and food around the same time okay um so I was basically managing both those isms, but that was my medication to treat my anxiety and panic. Um, so I basically would trade off from food and alcohol, whatever one was easiest and I had access to in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, and then the alcohol, once I really like discovered the alcohol successfully mitigated that, that pain, that existential angst and terror, mm -hmm. um, I started drinking more and more. And it was always in the closet. In high school, I mean, I, I, to everyone else, I looked like a goody goody and I was socially active and involved and dance and cheer and everything. Right. But no one knew that I was in the closet drinking at home. I wouldn't go to parties. It wasn't like I was like drinking with friends. Yeah, it was socially. literally like I was sneak, sneaking my dad's liquor just to function, just to go to school and act like a normal person because it, it helped my anxiety. And it was like my super, superhuman cape, you know? Right. Um, and then it was like squeezing a balloon when all the air went to alcohol, when I moved out and basically I was, fu I was functioning mm -hmm. for the first couple years of being out here in LA. I was like in every night every night habitual like very habitual drinker and i think just over time neurochemically it just sort of rewired my brain i started getting more the drinking started earlier and earlier and earlier then i started drinking before auditions and whatever anything i had anything where i had to go be you know uh present for or like do right. good or perform i would have to drink before yeah be on for um, you know like you're Exactly. It made me wittier and prettier and felt on and on fire. Oh, yeah. So because it, it, it was like, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I kind of used to get into this state that like flow state. And I always mm -hmm. I always talk about this because it's what I found in recovery. So what what drinking always did for me and I don't and this isn't meant to glorify. It's meant to to because obviously I quit working right. <laughs> very quickly. But um it just helped me get into this flow state where my inner critic and my my ego would dissolve and my self-editing system and my hyperactive self-doubter it would just everything would dissolve in that area and i would i could just get into a flow of like 
being on fire and just being in the present moment and not overthinking and kind yes. of just getting out of my own way. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like that's yeah, what I was addicted to. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then I, I have found that once alcohol quit working and obviously it was doing the opposite. Yeah. Um, I, I have found that in a, in a spiritual connection. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Hmm. In, in recovery, kind of tapping into that sort of source consciousness that like divine you know was that that divine light that's in all of us right. that we're an extension of i feel like since i've learned how to tap into that that's exactly what i was seeking in the bottle that i couldn't find that i was chasing that i could get glimpses of little windows like five minute windows of that yeah. but it was not wasn't lasting right it was always and like the now first I've drink found you, that. you kind of feel exactly you know that yeah, into that flow state. That's invincible. Yeah. Oh my god, I love the flow that's state. exactly exactly how it is for me or was for me. Yeah, that's you just nailed it. So what is that yeah. what does that spiritual connection look like now? You know, I'm for me like that was always sort of I think the 6 years I was in and out of AA mm -hmm. and I was like Okay, I just have to go to I, I was I just have to go to meetings, but I would get I would get drunk on Listerine before going to meetings because I didn't want to smell like alcohol. So that wasn't doing it for Wait, me. I was you just can get for drunk like a year. On Listerine? Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like my drink of choice for a year, so I didn't smell like vodka. Wait, like <laughs> how awful, much though. Listerine do you very ill. how much Listerine do you have to drink to get like a buzz well, on? It's it's like thirty-four percent alcohol so not that much 
Damn. <laughs> um, Tricks of the trade here. <laughs> no, this is not yeah, encouraging. It's not awful. encouraging. I, no. no. And I looked at, I mean, I learned it in rehab. Of course, you learn all this just nasty stuff in rehab. Yeah. Well, it's like where the all-stars unite, basically. It's like... Exactly. <laughs> like the exactly. all-star basketball game just all coming together, sharing their... <laughs> They're tips and tricks. <laughs> exactly. And I remember in a desperate attempt to avoid withdrawal, I drank a whole bottle of philosophy, uh, unconditional love by philosophy, my own perfume, because I remember oh. learning. And re- yeah. So anytime I smell that, if somebody walks in, I want to projectile vomit because I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. But anyway, yeah. So Isn't I, that I, a little ironic though? Unconditional love and you're just yeah. down in the perfume? Whoa. That is... Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I never actually <laughs> thought, of, thought of that. Um, but yeah, oh, so I Lord. kept going to meetings and I'm like, you know, the God thing wasn't, I didn't realize it was that Im- important to right. have a spiritual practice until, you know, I, until I realized, oh, I'm going to die because uh, right. nothing else is working. I can't just go to meetings. I can't just get therapy. I can't just go to rehab. Um, so I started because I was so on death's door those first few months getting out of ice out of the out of a uh, Brotman hospital. Mm-hmm. I started praying. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to try. I don't know what it's going to do. I wasn't raised with religion, so I kind of maybe that was sort of a bone of contention in my family. It's like, is there? I don't know. I always questioned it, and and I always felt right. like it was a crutch for people religiosity. So I, I don't know. I I had mixed feelings about it, but I was desperate enough to just try to start praying and getting on my knees and being grateful for everything I have in my life and really focusing on appreciation and writing a gratitude list and and then just sitting in prayer and just listing off all those things that I was so grateful for. And it started to create a shift in perception. Like I really mm-hmm. started to open up something in me. And um I, I felt like there was through people, that was a big thing for me was, um, was human, like human connection to me is a very spiritual thing. Like, I think if you look deep enough into another human being, you mm-hmm. see the face of God, you see the source of all things. Yes. Um, yeah. So I had uh, some spiritual experiences with, uh, people through people, through the rooms, through truth telling, through getting really, really vulnerable and being deeply seen. I think that was like maybe my first kind of belief, like, oh, there, there is something. There is something. I just don't know what it is. And I just have to trust it and continue to practice gratitude in order to stay sober because it was, it was shifting the lens through which I saw everything. The world just just being in a in in gratitude was was changing everything for me. Cool. So your practice now? Do you still go to meetings? How how are yeah. you staying sober today? I go to a uh, spiritual kind of recovery meeting on Tuesdays, and I uh-huh. still go to meetings. I, I speak all the time at meetings. I still go to meetings. Um, I have a lot of sober friends, so that it helps a oh, lot. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I, Do you go to therapy still? No, I don't. Um, I haven't been in a while. And I think that I mm-hmm. really worked in the beginning on that a lot because of what has happened, the trauma when I was young. I sort of had this inner, right. inner dialogue of 
oh, I brought that on. It's my fault. My body is my value. That's the only thing I have to offer the world. Like I'm 50% culpable for this event happening in my life. It's, you know, right. so the guilt and the shame just grew over the years. So I knew I had to work on forgiving myself and forgiveness was a huge thing for me as well in recovery. Yeah. Um, because I was holding on to that. I never really knew I was holding on to that, but it was very indicative in the way I drank. I, it was very like a mm. punitive kind of drinking. And, um, I think I, I finally, when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. But through forgiving myself, which took a lot and it took a lot of service because for me, I didn't feel worthy mm. of forgiveness until I started focusing on other people and building myself worth through being of service to others and really tr like focusing on helping other people that made me feel more valuable and it made me feel worth forgiving. Does that make totally. sense? Totally. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So like Aww. that took like many that it was a pride. I was like, okay, I, this is working for me. I need to keep like fo focusing on helping other people. Cause now I'm starting to build self-worth and value and then i felt worth forgiving and and when i did mm. that then it was like that was huge for me because then i was suddenly worth recovery you know i right i think the whole shame and i think that's why what we have the system of getting people sober is not working because there's so much stigma and shame involved in it but it's it's punitive totally. we put people in jail for drug paraphernalia when they're using because of the shame and guilt they're using because they don't feel valuable mm -hmm. enough and then we perpetuate it by punishing them and telling them they're such bad people for being yeah for using oh, they're, drugs. they're outcasted exactly and that is just so yeah. contradictory to what we really need deep within you know absolutely so let's talk about today and what you're doing today because you are 
very funny. <laughs> Thank you. What's your life like today? What are you doing in LA? You're an actress. Um, what what I'm else not, is going on in your life? I'm not anymore. I'm not really in the business anymore. I oh. do it for fun. I do it as an outlet. I do it because it keeps me happy and sober and laughter is like a, a drug to me and it's medication and it just it completely has like elevated my sobriety uh, tenfold by just like being having this yeah. creative outlet doing funny videos being able to poke fun at the fact that i was a hope to die alcoholic has saved my life being able to actually like totally joke about it has really like kept me from wanting to like shoot myself in the head because this the, it's so dark the stuff from my past is so heavy that i have to so, be able to laugh so dark so dark Right. I mean, that's all. It's so healing to find the humility in, you know, the shit that we've done. Exactly. Exactly. And if you go to, I mean, you see, you see, you know, in, in meetings, people are hilarious when they're mm -hmm. telling these stories. Thank God we have a place right. where we can go, where we can tell all this stuff and be able to laugh together. So it's really healing to be able to do that. Yeah. So that, that's what I do yes. now. I wrote a memoir called Human on Fire. It's in the process. I'm, okay. I'm, uh, it's not yet published. I'm in the process of querying agents. I have a website where I've blogged and written. There's vignettes from the the book as well um, on humanonfire.com. And I and yeah, I I do that. Like writing is very healing to me. Um, because yeah, it, it's such a um, release. I think a like a heart release. Like I feel, mm -hmm. you know, like I I can get it out there. And I love that that people, this community that we have found on Instagram and social media yes. of reco of recovery warriors. I just love it. Everyone's so supportive. People can really pour their hearts out there and there's no judgment. We're all vulnerable. There's really like this vulnerability movement that's happening. That's really exciting and like beautiful to see in society. People are really waking up. And I think that, yes, I love it. Yeah. It's huge. It's a, it's a really big deal. And yeah. people's stories are being heard and told and more and more people are having podcasts like you that have mm -hmm. like amazing things to say that really important, significant things, meaningful things to say. And people are just waking up. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, yeah. So I wrote a book. Absolutely. I, um, do, I do the videos as an outlet it keeps me sober and having fun in recovery. Cause listen, if you're not having fun, you know, you, you're at risk of going What the out. hell's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's so awesome. Do you write the skits or how do you come up with like the subject matter that you're going to, yeah, my, you know, kind of, we write the skits. Yeah. A, a mm -hmm. friend of mine who's, she's still in the entertainment industry. She, um, we, mm -hmm. we both, we love working together and yeah, we just come up with different ideas. And then a lot of times it's just improv, which is so fun. Because it's like, oh, I love improv. Yes. It's like my favorite. Me too. I used to love Whose Line yeah. Is It Anyway? It was like my favorite show. <gasps> they would just do those games. And totally. Improv. And they replay those episodes in Canada every night. No way. It's yes. I'm not joking you. They do like almost a mini marathon every night. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And they're amazing. like the old school ones. I love the old school like ones. Like the, old, the yes. older ones. Yeah. I they're so so good with ryan styles so and, good oh my gosh my yep. favorite fave yes so yeah so a lot of the videos so are good. improv which is really really fun because like being a kid again mm -hmm. and um and and the community loves it like there's not really much um 
besides memes, there's not a lot like comedy is not really a thing you see in the addiction world. So totally. It's just nice to keep it light and 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 fresh. And and I do posts that are serious as well, like about stamen stigma. I stigma. I've I've written yeah. about stuff like that, but I also want to mix it up and not make it <laughs> depressing all the time. You know what I mean? Keep it light. And, right. And well, I think it's it's better to to move forward, you know, appreciate and acknowledge the past, but we're going forward. We're not we're not going back. So let's exactly let's have fun with it. Exactly. We can only harp on it so much mm. on those those dark things and stigma. You can't yeah. every post can't be about the dark stuff. We we've gotta, you know, find the humor in it. And just like the name of a lot of meanings, you know, we are not a glum lot. <laughs> let's not be yeah. uh, ever. Totally. You know? So but yeah, and I, I also work with recovery, which is is a something that really keeps me sober and in a good headspace as well, because I see it constantly, what it's like, the just the, dis the mental yeah. distortion and that just the misery, the spiritual, mental, just bankruptcy and misery that, that goes along with addiction, the emptiness, the sadness, you know, I see it so much up close that it's like, wow, mm. you know, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of loneliness, huh? Oh, it is one of the most lonely diseases. I mean, you're so lonely and nothing, no matter who you're around, nothing can make you feel not alone when you're in it. Yeah. You know, awful. But uh, so what do you what do you do in a recovery? Like, how do you do you volunteer? Is that like your no? Job so so or? I actually do sober coaching. So I go and I actually like stay mm. with someone in the beginning of their either right out of rehab or right off of their right out of de detox or right off of their drug of choice i go and like like basically live with them for however long to help them get into like yeah. a healthy routine and get into going to meetings and like establish because a lot of times what's th the problem with rehab is you go and you're in this bubble of safety and then yes. you go back into your environment where you were using and you, the, the neuron, you, the neural pathways have been carved in so deeply. You can't just go back right. and you're, you're, you're not impervious to that. So, so basically, right, like, I, hello, triggers. Exactly. So I go in and I, I basically like am in that environment with them to develop new healthy habits to form new neural pathways in that same environment right. that they used to use in. So it's basically just kind of coaching them into and helping them rewire their brain essentially <laughs> that's so awesome i love that yeah it's really what rewarding is, yeah and how how has like your success rate been so far a hundred so far yeah. it's a hundred percent it's a it's been great oh, i still yeah. keep yeah i still keep in touch with all the clients <laughs> that i've worked with and yeah it's it's been very uh, rewarding and fulfilling thing to do so is that something you do through like through a certain rehab or are you private through how would someone inquire about that it's through uh companies they can also you know con contact me on instagram or whatever but yeah it's through okay. agencies basically that have oh okay several sober coaches yeah so they should contact an agency can you give out any names of agencies or is um, that yeah, kind of... yeah, there's, uh, one called Catalyst Recovery. Okay. Catalyst, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, Recovery, and they're online, mm -hmm. and they have 
yeah, a, a lot of different sober coaches and, and resources for rehabs and all, all sorts of stuff. Perfect. Like, psychiatric everything so that's awesome yeah what a that's such a great idea i always like you said rehab is a safe little bubble and then what do you do when you come home exactly you know it's like shit gets real yeah pretty quick <laughs> yeah exactly shit gets real really fast where can people find you online so what uh what's the best way to reach you and find you and follow you humanonfire.com is my website Jessica Landon, well, Jessica Landon 12 is my Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook, Jessica Landon. Um, all my like. Do you post all your videos on YouTube or? or some of them on are Instagram on YouTube. Too? Yeah. Not all of them are on YouTube yet, but some of them are on YouTube. Okay. Um, the sober Uber drivers are all on YouTube through Recovery Today magazine. Loves, loves those. So they kind of use them for their. So amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can find Jessica Landon on YouTube as well. Um, if you can okay. Google just all my acting credits, IMDb and everything is, is online as well. And, and it, it'll direct you to all my different websites and social media outlets. Awesome. How come you got out of the, the acting game? You know, that's a good question. I plan when I came back after like my stroke and then my bottom, I came back thinking maybe mm -hmm. I would get back into the entertainment industry, but I, felt a little bit sheepish and scared because I associated it so much with drinking. I mean, every show I ever did, I was, I was drunk for, I had vodka and a water bottle in my purse and I was completely mm -hmm. buzzed performing. So I really, um, associate performing with drinking. And so I think the years started right. going by where I was back in LA, not acting and I and still scared and debating. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it on my own because I love it that I love the craft so much. I'll do it on my own and I don't need to go, you know, audition and do the whole rigmarole and get on in the rat race, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so it was more just a fear of relapse because I was jumping back into something I associated with drinking, you know? Yeah, totally. That must've been a huge trigger. Yeah, it really was, but I love it so much. So it was like one of those things that I debated for a really long time, but you know, I'm 36 and it's like, <laughs> there's a what you're 36. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's uh, really, are you My just Lord. trying to make me feel good? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I thought you were younger than me actually, to be completely honest. Uh, How old are you? Wow. 33. Think, no yeah, way. Okay. Three. Yeah. Well, thank you. I take that as a compliment because it feels like, you know, that window has like shut from that the door is shut and I'm just like, okay, I'm over the yeah. hill. I need to like focus on just having kids and moving on <laughs> and doing in, it for fun. In, and then that's only an LA thing. Honestly, if people were to see you in, a, in another like state, they'd be like, oh, she's a teenager. But because it's like LA, it's such an ageist isn't City, it? It's insane. It, it's really yeah. sad. It, it really is yeah. sad that we make people feel like they're kind of, they're done and they're, they're well, recyclable. She's like, 30. She's over the over hill. Over the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Time to bring in a new yeah. fresh 19 year yeah. old face. Yeah. Yeah. Like my friend is an actress and she was playing the role of Disney moms at 22. Are you kidding me? What? Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So if that's not a blow to your ego, like 
Jesus. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you just never know. And she know. doesn't even look mature. She doesn't even look that mature, like for her age at oh all. Oh my gosh. See, that's crazy. Yeah. 22. Yeah, it's a total mind fuck. It is. Total mind fuck. It really is. Yeah. There there are some mm -hmm. really negatives about Hollywood. And it can it can really mess you have to be so grounded to be able to withstand, to be callous to the rejection and the and just the distorted yep. perception of what you know, oh, you're you're too thin, or your eyebrows are too thick, or this that. I mean, you're picked apart constantly right. for these roles, and it's just like ugh, I don't think any human being is is impervious to that for years on end, no matter how right. I mean, how can you fit not, you are. Right. It's hard not to take personally when they're literally per going through you personally. Right. You know, like physically, exactly. You know, your age. You're you're being judged, but it's for a job, so it makes it okay. Exactly. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> awesome. So what piece of advice would you give to someone listening to this podcast who is thinking about getting sober or staying sober? What advice could you give our listeners? Being open to different avenues and different paths. And if they're trying one thing and it doesn't work to not give up and always have hope mm -hmm. that there is another way someone did it that didn't that may not have worked for someone else too and they still got sober they found a way and to be open and um really be open to the spiritual side of things and that it's within them the power the light yeah. that that divine light is within them that they can tap it they have access to tap into that and um yeah. And to reach out, to be vulnerable and deeply seen, be open about your wounds and your scars and what you're struggling with, because that can help somebody else and save right. themselves. But being really honest, brutally honest about what they're going through, I think has a, a ripple effect that will be infinitely passed on and help others infinitely and themselves infinitely. And it can only be good. And really that's when connection happens and they get the help they need and we're all struggling. We all have that, you know, there's no shame in it. Right. Totally. I mean, even though you make it look so easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. but it is. There, I, I, I am glad you said that though, because that is, I do want to show that once you do make the decision, there's a, a shift that happens. It is easy. Mm -hmm. Sobriety is easy and so fun. Totally. It is so... Yeah, like, I agree. It doesn't need to be so hard. Right. Or complicated or yeah. this, that, and the other. And there's so many opinions on yes. how, which way you do it. And no, it's so fun if yeah. you allow it to be. Totally. I love that. It is fun. <laughs> it is. We're having so much fun, goddammit. <laughs> 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 awesome jess well thank you so much for sharing your story of that was course. man intense thank you for being so honest and open yeah thank you so much for for listening and and not squealing at my <laughs> <laughs> at my lows I like never <laughs> never I'm sure you've heard it all and you've been through it yourself yeah i love it that's what makes it fun that's exactly that's why Makes i love doing it telling everyone's story exactly how boring would it be if we didn't have those lips in our life exactly i mean it, it be I so beige exactly i love people that have been through a lot it gives them so much depth i love it and color but anyway thank you so much for having me yes thank you for being on 
Well, I think it's safe to say that Jessica's story is anything but beige. She is a multitude of colors, a rainbow in fact, and we love her for it and appreciate her honesty and openness and just being vulnerable. It's so great. As always, thank you so much for listening. Couldn't do this without your love and support. Please make sure to comment, rate, subscribe, and let me know how you like the podcast. I love hearing feedback from you guys. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can check out the blog at asobergirlsguide.com, on Instagram and Facebook at asobergirlsguide. Have a great day!